you do have your Bibles this morning, if you would open with me to Ephesians chapter 6. I'm going to be reading this morning from Ephesians 6, verses 10 through 12. If you don't have a Bible, we do have some available in the back that you can take and use this morning and take home with you. So Ephesians 6, 10 through 12. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Amen. When I was in college, I decided to play a club sport. And a club sport is a sport that you play where you're not good enough to make the varsity team, but you, you want to play, you want to learn the game, you want to have fun. And so I decided when I was in college that I would play club lacrosse. Now, some of you might be surprised by looking at me that I actually played lacrosse. I am not all that big, and in college, I was even less big. You have heard the expression that someone is just skin and bones. Well, I was just bones, actually. I didn't even have skin to put over the bones. But even though I was just bones, I did enjoy hitting people. And in lacrosse, you can hit almost as much as you like, and you won't even get thrown in jail for it. And so uh, I enjoyed playing, but there was this, this one guy on our team who was really, really new to the game. He didn't really know the rules. And so for the first time when he was in the game, he was holding on to the ball for a long time. He was looking for someone that he could pass the ball to. He was taking his sweet time. But uh, he didn't realize that uh, he would never get the chance to pass the ball because uh, an opponent came running up at him full speed, lowered his shoulder, and sent my teammate into orbit when he was separated from the ball at that point. And while uh, he was down on the ground, he was obviously groaning in pain. Finally, he got back to our sideline, and he asked a question that he probably should have asked before he went into the game. They can do that? <laughs> yes, they can do that. Lacrosse is a violent game. It's no joke. This morning, I want to remind you from Ephesians chapter 6 that if you are a Christian, you are at war. You have a powerful enemy who wants to run over you and destroy you. Sometimes we forget about our enemy as we go about our lives. But we, when we forget, our enemy has a way of reminding us that we are at war with him. And so I'd like for us to look at Ephesians chapter 6 this morning to see what kind of a war we as Christians are fighting First of all, you are at war with Satan and his demons. I realize this statement sounds crazy to the average Mainer. After all, 90% of Mainers are not in church on Sunday mornings. If you are not regularly at church, you either do not believe in God or God is not all that important to you. And if you don't really believe in God, then you certainly are not going to believe in Satan. But listen again to what Paul has written in Ephesians 6, verses 11 and 12. Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. 
For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. So is there a devil according to Paul? Absolutely. Not only is there a devil, since God has adopted you into his family through Christ, you, as part of God's church, have become Satan's enemy. You are now on God's side. And so guess who is on the other side opposing you? That would be Satan. Satan is a a supernatural evil being. And the only way that you can stand your ground against this foe is if you put on God's whole armor to protect you. Your enemy then, as a Christian, is not a human being. You are not at war with non-Christians who disagree with you, nor are you at war with other people in this church. Those people are not your enemy. You are not at war with anyone who is merely flesh and blood. Instead, you are at war with supernatural evil. How do I know that our enemy is evil? Look again at verse 12. Some of the demonic powers in Satan's organized hierarchy are called the cosmic powers over this present darkness. These demons belong to this present age of evil and darkness. The Apostle John writes about this darkness in this age, in this world, in 1 John chapter 5 and verse 19. Let's read that verse together out loud. We know that we are from God, and the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. So how much of the world lies under Satan's power? The whole world is under Satan's power. And some of the demonic forces that Satan uses in this world are found in the last phrase of verse 12. These are called the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. The Bible is clear that there is a devil and that there is evil in this world. Some of you, though, might remain unconvinced about Satan and evil. Let's then think about the events that have happened in recent days. Think about what happened yesterday that you saw on the news. And think about what happened last Sunday. Last Sunday, one event that happened was in California, where a 19-year-old man opened fire at innocent people at a popular food festival. And he killed three people, and he injured 12. One of the people killed was a six-year-old boy. Is there evil in this world? Is there a Satan behind much of the evil that takes place in this world? Then I want you to think about what happened on our front lawn last Sunday as you exited church. While we worshiped here last Sunday, we had protesters outside who were saying that this church teaches heresy. Obviously, those protesters were wrong about the teaching that takes place in this church. But who do you think was behind those people coming to this church and protesting? Humanly speaking, they may have been part of a church that sent them to do that. 
But I have no doubt that it was Satan who sent those people here to prevent people from hearing the good news that Christ died for their sins. It was not those two flesh-and-blood protesters that were our enemy last week. It was Satan who was the enemy. One of the schemes of the devil that Paul writes about in verse 11 is to do everything that he can to prevent people from hearing the gospel. Satan will do all kinds of things to prevent people from learning about Christ and how Christ died for our sins. Satan has always tried to block people from hearing the good news about Jesus. One of my favorite stories from church history is the story of Martin Luther, the German Christian who brought about the reformation of the church in the 1500s. One thing that Martin Luther did to spread the good news about Jesus was to translate the Bible into the German language so that the common people in his church in Germany could finally read about Jesus themselves and they could learn about how Christ died for their sins. While Martin Luther was translating the Bible, Satan and his demons were at work in Martin Luther's life, actively tempting him. They sent Martin Luther into a deep depression on several occasions. And so one time Martin Luther became so frustrated with the demons and the temptations that they were laying upon him that he he took the inkwell that he was dipping his pen into, he took that inkwell and he threw it against the wall at a place where he thought a demon was speaking to him and tempting him to be depressed. brought a picture this morning of that particular room where Luther uh, translated the Bible. If you can see on the far right-hand side of the picture, the, the wall looks kind of torn apart. The reason for that is that people would go and visit that room where Martin Luther was translating the Bible, and they, they wanted a souvenir. And so they would take the ink-stained wall with them as they left as a reminder to them of how powerful Satan is and how Satan wants to destroy us as believers. And so Luther felt like there was a demon that was right there in the room with him as he translated the Bible. And that's the way it is, honestly, for every Christian. Did you notice the word that is used in verse 12 to describe the battle that we are fighting with Satan? It's the word wrestle. Paul says we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. So the kind of combat that we are fighting with Satan is hand-to-hand combat. Satan is not firing missiles at us from hundreds of miles away. Instead, Satan and his demons are as close to us as a wrestler. You can feel his hot breath on your neck. You can feel the sweat on his skin as you wrestle him. That's how close the demons are to us when they tempt us. They are near to you in the battle as you fight. We have seen that one thing that our enemy Satan wants to do is to block the spread of the good news about Jesus. But another thing that Satan wants to do to you is lie to you. One of Satan's name is the deceiver. Let me tell you about 
two of the greatest lies that Satan wants to tell you. These are the lies that Satan told to Adam and Eve at the beginning of time. And they are the lies that Satan is still speaking to us today. Lie number one, God is not good. Lie number two, God is not for you. Here's how this works in our lives. Something bad will happen to us. Perhaps we will get sick, or something will go wrong in your family life, or you will have a financial crisis of one kind or another. And what will the devil always say to you when you go through those difficult times? God is not good. God is not for you. Those are the lies that Satan will try to get you to believe in those times. Two weeks ago, Peter Scheibner and I visited with Glenn and Cal Davis in their home. While Glenn and Cal fight the weakness and the illness that comes with Cal's ALS disease, you can imagine the lies that Satan is speaking to them every day. Satan is regularly telling them, God is not good. God is not for you. And yet when I asked Cal how I could pray for her at this time, her prayer really was not for herself. Do you know what her prayer was? Her prayer was that she would be able to find the strength that she needs to be able to pray for other people. That's amazing faith, isn't it? And when Peter asked Glenn how he was doing as he cares for his wife, Glenn, of course, was very sad about Cal's condition. But Glenn's response was, I have had a charmed life with my wife. So how have Glenn and Cal been able to stand strong against Satan's temptations? How have they been able to fight? Why haven't they given in to the darkness? Glenn and Cal know that they know that they know that God is good. And they know that they know that they know that God is for them. Knowing these two truths help you to stand in whatever battle that you are facing against Satan. In order to help you to know today that God is for you, I want us to read together out loud from Romans 8, verses 31 and 32. Let's read together. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Yes, you are at war with a powerful enemy, with Satan and his demons. But Jesus is greater. Jesus is good. Jesus is for you. And he will help you to stand against evil as you trust in him. You are in a war against Satan and his demons. But you are also in a war that has already been won by God in Christ. Obviously, the idea of fighting against Satan and his demons is frightening. 
This is scary stuff that we are talking about today. Going to war with a powerful human enemy is scary enough. But going to war with a totally wicked supernatural enemy, that's terrifying. And yet, when you read Ephesians chapter 6, you don't get the sense that Paul is paralyzed by fear. Nor do you get the sense that Paul thinks that the church should just curl up in the fetal position and take the pounding that's coming to them. That's not what Paul is saying. Instead, all of Ephesians chapter 6 is filled with a spirit of confidence and a spirit of hope. When you read these words, you get the sense that Paul thinks that even Satan can be defeated. Why is that? Because Satan has already been defeated by God in Christ. Satan is a loser. Did you hear that? Satan is a loser, and Jesus is victorious. Jesus has already won the battle, and that's why Paul was so confident. And so we see that the command of Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10 is to be strong in the Lord. This command that Paul gives to the church is not the command of a general to his troops. Be strong, fight hard. That's not what Paul is saying. No, the command of Paul is literally be made strong, be strengthened. Clearly, the source of our strength as we fight against Satan and the evil one is not in ourselves. We're not to look deep within ourselves and say, where's the power going to come from to defeat Satan? That's not where we're supposed to look. If you try to fight Satan in your own strength, you'll be crushed. You'll be squished if you try to do that. And so Paul says, look to Jesus for your strength to fight. That's where your strength comes from. Your strength for the battle comes from an external source. It does not come from within. So Paul says, be strong in the Lord. He will supply everything that you need for the battle. How strong is our great Jesus for the battles that you are facing today? Turn back with me in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 1. And listen as I read from Ephesians 1 verses 19 through 21. These verses are in the middle of a prayer that Paul prayed for the church at the beginning of his letter. But there, in Ephesians 1, Paul prays, And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the working of his great might, that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority, and power and dominion, and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. We were told in Ephesians 6 and verse 10 to be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Well, just how much might does Jesus have? How much power 
does he possess? Paul reminds us back in chapter 1 that this is the Jesus who was raised from the dead by God his Father after Jesus died on the cross for our sins. Do you know anyone else with that kind of power? Do you know any, anybody else who has been raised from the dead? I don't. Nor do I know anyone else with Jesus' current status. Jesus is the one who is at the right hand of God and who is far above all rule and authority and power and dominion. These are the names of the various satanic beings that are fighting against us. Who is far above them all? That would be Jesus. He has that kind of authority, that kind of power. So on earth, among flesh and blood, Satan has no equal in this place. But in the heavenly realms, Satan is far exceeded by our triune God. These evil beings are under Jesus. They are certainly not equal with Jesus. This is not a fair fight. Jesus has far more power than any of the demons. Can you see now why the Apostle Paul was confident in the church as they battled against Satan and his demons? Paul was really not so much confident in the church and its might. Paul was confident, rather, in Jesus and in his might. Paul knew that the church was going to win. So as you fight your battles against Satan and his demons, pray to Jesus to give you the strength that you need to fight. Jesus is the one who has already defeated Satan through his death on the cross, through his resurrection, and through his ascension to the right hand of God. Now, at this point, some of you might have a question. If Jesus has already defeated Satan at the cross and in the resurrection, then why are we in the church still fighting Satan today? The simple answer is that Satan is a loser who doesn't know when to quit. He is so proud that he cannot admit defeat. He is so proud that he will fight against Christ's church until the end of time. He will fight against the people that Jesus loves, even though Satan knows that he's lost. Two months ago on June 6th, we celebrated the 75th anniversary of D-Day, the day when American soldiers and the Allies fought their way onto the beaches of Normandy to liberate France from the German army. In recent weeks, I've been reading a book about D-Day by Alex Kershaw called The First Wave. In the book, he quotes a German machine gunner who looked out on the ocean that day. And when he looked out, he remarked to one of his fellow German soldiers, they have more boats than we have soldiers. That German soldier knew that they were about to be defeated at Normandy, and they did lose. And once the Allies had established a foothold in France, victory on the Western Front was assured. 
but the Allied troops had to keep on fighting until the Germans surrendered a year later in May 1945. So in that last year of the war, the battle for the Allies was still fierce. Many people still lost their lives. But there was no doubt whatsoever about who was going to win. In the same way, Jesus has already defeated Satan at the cross. But Jesus will not destroy Satan until Jesus returns to earth in judgment. Until the day of Christ's return, our battle against Satan will be fierce. But our victory is not in doubt. We are going to win because Christ has already won. But let me remind you this morning that you cannot stand against Satan today in your own strength. Satan is a mighty foe. He is evil, and he is on the hunt to destroy as many Christians as he can. So you had better take your opponent seriously. And you had better recognize your own limitations in the battle against Satan and his demons. It is because you have limitations that Paul says in verse 11 to put on the whole armor of God. We're going to talk next week, beginning next week, about the pieces of that whole armor that God has given to you. But for now, I want you to know that God is not only the source of the armor that he gives to you, actually, God himself wears this armor as he fights against Satan and against evil. God then shares with us some of his own powerful armor for the battle that we fight. We will win our battles then not by confidence in our own strength, not by our good deeds, but by complete dependence upon God and his armor and on Christ. If we depend on God's armor and if we depend upon Christ, we will win in our battles against Satan. Some of you, though, might protest at this point. You might say to me, Pastor, who are you kidding? I can't win against Satan and his demons. I've been defeated by Satan and temptation numerous times in my life. There's no way I can win. I will keep losing to him for the rest of my life. Church, stop listening to Satan's lies. Stop it. You have the resurrection power of Jesus Christ living inside you. You have been given God's own armor. And you have taken off your old self and you have put on the new self of Christ, according to Ephesians 4, 22-24. You can win in this battle against Satan and his demons. A smart middle school girl was struggling with a math problem one day, and she started to cry. She said, I will never get this. I can't do it. I am so dumb. 
But her no-nonsense teacher cut through her tears, and she said to her, You are not dumb, and I don't ever want to hear that again. Now look back two pages in your math book, see what you already know is right, and come back to the problem after you remember what you already know. When she remembered what she already knew, the girl was on the pathway to solving the problem. Church, you are not powerless when you come up against Satan and his demons. You can solve this problem. You can defeat your enemy. How? By remembering what you already know. You know that God has already defeated Satan at the cross. You know that Satan's final defeat is coming when Jesus returns to this earth in judgment. You know that God's mighty resurrection power already lives inside you. You know that you have been given God's very own armor to help you stand in the fight against Satan. And you know that God is good and God is for you. So church, stand, stand against Satan, for your mighty Savior Jesus is with you and he is in you. Let's pray together. God, we thank you for the strength that is in Jesus to enable us to fight against Satan and his demons. Thank you that victory has already been won by Jesus at the cross and in his resurrection and ascension. Thank you that we do not fight against Satan and his demons on our own strength, but we fight in the power of the Lord. We fight with the armor of the Lord. And so we pray that you would be with us in the week to come. Give us the power that we need to defeat the evil one. May we stand in your strength. May we battle in your armor. And may you be glorified as we win the victory in Jesus Christ. Amen.